Welcome into the Views from Section 107 podcast, episode 8. It is game week, people. Finally, we've made it. Northwestern takes on Maryland this Saturday night under the lights at Ryan Field at 630 to open up the 2020 season. Finally, finally, we've made it. We got Big Ten football coming back this week. Illinois, Wisconsin kick it off on Friday. Full Big Ten slate all day Saturday. And it feels good. But like I said, welcome into the Views from Section 107 podcast, episode 8, Game Week Edition. We got a lot planned on the podcast for you. I'm Jack Heinrich. You can follow me on Twitter at JackHeinrich22. Really excited to dive into what I've got for you on the podcast this week. I'm going to go a season overview, a schedule breakdown, my season predictions, team MVP, breakout player, all that good stuff. And then we'll dive right in to Maryland what to expect from them, what their team kind of looks like heading into this opening season, and hopefully what can lead to the Wildcats to a victory opening week of this eight-game schedule. And a couple weeks back when they announced that the, the Big Ten schedule, talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, Northwestern got a very, very favorable draw in these eight games, a very manageable crossover games against Maryland this Saturday, and they also are traveling to Michigan State later in the season. And this is that's about as good as you can get from the East Division that has Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. All those teams, Northwestern's able to dodge the big three. Originally, they were going to have to open against Penn State in that second do-over of the schedule. But now Northwestern will be opening against Maryland. And just a quick refresher to go through it, the Wildcats open up this Saturday at home against Maryland. They will travel to Iowa City next Saturday on Halloween at 2.30. That was announced this week on ESPN. Then they'll, tr- they'll host with uh, Nebraska the next week at home November 7th. Then they're away at Purdue. Then they have Wisconsin at home November 21st. November 28th, they go to Michigan State. The next week, they travel to Minnesota. And they finish off the season against Illinois December 12th at home. And in the next week, December 19th, is the Big Ten Championship game, but it's also the crossover games where the Northwestern, where depending on where they finish, they'll play the other team, their counterpart in the other division. So if they finish fourth, they'll play the other fourth-place team. But the Big Ten also said that they are going to try to avoid repeat matchups, so there might be a little bit of tinkering there. But nine games for Northwestern. And then if you include that Big Ten Championship weekend game. So... I I'm, might be a little biased, might be a little too optimistic. That's just kind of how I am when I come to these things. But the way Northwestern's schedule shook out and what we have coming back, we returned majority of the starters on defense, which was a very solid defense last year. We returned a lot on, from offense from last year, even though the offense wasn't the best last year. As we know, one of the worst offenses we've seen in a while around here but they return a lot of those guys we have Mike Bajakian coming in and it is announced it is finally officials what we thought was going to happen Peyton Ramsey is the starting quarterback won't get more into that later but he will be QB1 heading into this week and that was kind of what I thought going in to the season when he transferred way back at the beginning of this year it's been a long time coming but finally we have a game to talk about to jump right in these are my predictions I think Northwestern has a very, very, very good chance of getting five wins, going five and three in the eight games that they have before that uh, crossover game in the last week of the season. But I think they can go six and two. That is my prediction. I think they're going to go six and two. It might be biased, whatever. 
I believe in Mike Bajakian's offense, all those things that they've been saying in the press conferences and meeting with the media is that these guys have picked up the offense fast and the installation period in the eight spring practices they had before they had to shut down before the pandemic, they got eight in. They said they were really able to use this time. Bajakian said they were able to use the time away to really reinstall the offense, really go over what it was with the playbook, going over things, questions, and now that they have that ingrained in their brain, they've been able to do that in this modified training camp and go out there and execute it. And they feel like they've been running it for a while. I think I said in the last one, Riley Leeds has felt like he's been running this for five years, even though this is his first year in the offense. Peyton Ramsey has familiarity with the offense because of his quarterback coach, which is now the offensive coordinator of Indiana, Nick Sheridan, coached under Bajakian at Tennessee. So he's got... That going, the quarterback knows the playbook. We should have a full host of running backs. Bowser hopefully will be healthy this year. This is a ground-and-pound offense. They're really going to go downhill. They kind of pound the run game down your throat, and then they'll pop big plays. Something Northwestern was really lacking explosive plays last year, and that's something they addressed and tried to get better. And Peyton Ramsey was one of the most accurate passers in the Big Ten last year. Is one of the better quarterbacks returning. And now he's on. he's in the purple and white instead of the down in Indiana, and we got him on our side this year. Very excited about that, but I think Bajakian's offense can elevate them. They don't even need to be this top offense, scoring a bunch of points, putting up 40 points a game, trying to out-shoot teams, getting the shootouts. The way their defense is and with the guys that they have returning, this should be another very solid defense. And Northwestern just kind of needs to be average, a little above average, and they can put up like 23 points, 25 points a game. That should be enough the way their defense plays if they play to the potential that they did last year. And they keep that. I mean, Patty Fisher's back. Blake Gallagher. You got a bunch of the playmakers are back for Northwestern. Ernest Brown's back on the D-line. He should have a big year. Chris Bergen. They got Greg Newsom, Cameron Reese. J.R. Pace is still back there. They are hurt by some guys who opted out um, of the season that they announced this week. Sam Dup Miller, Aiden Smith, uh, Travis Wallach, and Jason Whitaker. Whitaker and Smith were kind of backup players, but Sam Dup Miller and Travis Wallach, those are those are some blows for the defense that they're going to have to address, but they have Brandon Joseph stepping in as a starting safety. There's been a lot of high praise for him going into this season. And then Tommy Adamawari is stepping in for Sam Miller. He had some big-time plays last year. He's only a sophomore. He's going to play as well. And they really like the depth on the uh, D-line. Trevor Kent, Jason Gold had some time last year. He's only a sophomore. And then Blake Gallagher, Patty Fisher, and Chris Bergen are obviously going to be three seniors at the linebacker position. And then you have Greg Newsom, who uh, it's reported that he's going to be out this week from NNN Sports. He, they're the only ones that have said anything, so that's not confirmed, but normally the injury report comes out tomorrow. So we'll get official word there. But if he can't play, Rod Hurd's the second guy in the depth chart. They've been, said a lot of good things about him. They really like their secondary. That's what Fitz was really harping on. They really like their secondary, and they like their depth on the two deep and even deeper. So it'll be really big for Rod if he has to play. And then Cam Ruiz opposite him has played a lot as well. So J.R. Pace is obviously a stud and losing Willock's going to hurt. Willock's been really solid, but Brandon Joseph's played a little bit last year. So he's not just stepping into the fold for the first time. And they're really high on him and Bryce Jackson and Coco Zima as well standing behind him. So a lot of depth in that secondary and the defense, even with these losses, I still feel confident that they can build upon what they had last year. Hank is always 
coached a good defense for Northwestern, and normally it's been the defense leading them, but I think the offense can help take a little bit of pressure off them. It's kind of like the Bears. <laughs> if you want to compare it, this is kind of like how the Bears' defense, now I'm not saying the Northwestern has as great of a defense as the Bears, but their identity is good defense and doing enough offense to win. And that's kind of what we've seen from the Bears going out to a 5-1 record. Their defense has really carried them. They're waiting for that offense to make the jump. I think Northwestern's offense can make the jump. I mean, they can go only where... Only can go up from where they were last year. That was just brutal offense every week. If they scored a field goal, it felt like a win. And they had that whole stretch where they couldn't score a touchdown. And I think that they'll be able to bounce back with Bajakian, Peyton Ramsey, a healthy Isaiah Bowser, a host of weapons. They got great veteran leadership on the uh, on the wide receivers with Ramad Chakio Bowman, Riley Lees, Kyrick McGowan, all seniors. And then I love their death with the young guys behind them with Wayne Dennis Jr., Malik Washington, and Jensen Hooper-Price, who are really going to get a chance to shine for the first time. So I have the Cats maybe a little optimistic, but I really think with Bajakian leading the offense and how the defense has been, they can go to 6-2. and two. Now, team MVP, breakout player, and best win. So those are the three categories I'm doing. I want to hear what you guys think. So tweet me on Twitter at Jack Heinrich 22. I want to hear your predictions and who you think team MVP breakout player and the best win will be. My team MVP is not going to be a player. It's going to be Mike Bajakian. I believe that he can help turn this offense around. Maybe I'm putting too much stock into it and they have to have a year under to get going on the offense. But just his track record has just proven that where he goes, he's been able to turn around offenses and make them into top 40 offenses. He's had a top 40 offense in the nation seven times in his career in total offense. His offenses averages 424 yards a game and 31.3 points a game, which would be a big step up for Northwestern, what we've seen in the last couple of years with the Mick McCall era. I think he can elevate this team. The players seem to be buying into what he wants to do on offense. And I think their personnel fits pretty well to what Bajaki wants to do. He said he would adapt, but they got they actually got a lot of big offensive linemen now. And I think they're more better adept at trying to just say, hey, go downhill and run block uh, with Gunnar Vogel and Ethan Weidecker, Sam Galernick, Nick Urban, and Peter Skaronsky, the talented freshman. More on him later. Those are going to be the starters for this week. And there's a lot of big guys, 6'4", 6'5", 6'4", 6'3", 6'4". So a lot of guys, you tell them to just get their head down and run block. I think that can help them instead of making them go back and forth between running and passing. And they run a lot under center, which is different. They normally ran out of the shotgun, and I think that'll be more beneficial for this team. And I think they can go 6-2. and two. I think Mike Bajakian would be a big reason why. That is why I'm going to give him my prediction for team MVP. Now, breakout player. I mentioned his name a little bit earlier. Jensen Hooper Price is ranked or is on the second team on the two deep right now behind Kyrick McGowan. But this is a guy I really wanted to see get some playing time last year. And he didn't really redshirt it. So he's a redshirt freshman our first year this year. And this guy's been he was a good recruit. He's a got a big frame for Northwestern, 6'5, 215 at the wide receiver position. He's backing up Kyrick McGowan. And I really liked him coming out of high school. Very productive player. The number 66th wide receiver in the nation, according to 24-7 Sports. And he chose Northwestern over some pretty pretty good offers from Notre Dame, Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, Cal, Duke, Florida, 
Houston, Iowa State, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Virginia. So a lot of Power 5 and Big 10 teams. Northwestern beat out to get Hooper Price. He has a year under his belt to get in the weight room, get adapted to the college game, and now kind of a clean slate for everybody on offense getting just throwing out last year, getting a new offense. And I really like what he can do, and not in the future, but I also think he can make an impact this year. So Jensen Hooper-Price, the wide receiver out of Houston, Texas, is my breakout player. He is listed on the two deep with the second team behind Kyrick McGowan at the wide receiver position. And Northwestern likes to, as we've seen in the past, now we'll have to see how Bajakian does it, but they really roll through a lot of receivers. And I like a lot of those guys on the two deep, like Malik Washington, as they've said, has done really well. He showed some flashes last year. And then Wayne Dennis Jr. is another receiver. I really like that's a redshirt first year. So a lot of a lot of young guys that could be getting a lot of playing time. And I think there's a lot of talent for the future, but I think that they can make an impact this year. Now, my best win for Northwestern, I'm going to go with at Iowa week two. Now, like I said, they, I have them going six and two. And for me, really three games are the ones that you circle that Northwestern is going to be in a battle in. I think Maryland, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, and Illinois, I think those are games Northwestern could and should win. So that's five wins already. And I'm picking that out of Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Those three games are going to really make or break Northwestern season, whether they're going to be in contention for the West or if they're just going to have a solid year. I mean, five and three would be a great in eight and an eight game schedule coming off a three and nine season. That'd be a great year. But I think those three games are going to be what makes or breaks them from going to Indianapolis and winning the West. I think the West is more wide open than some people are letting on. I think obviously Wisconsin is going to be at the top of that, but they got to replace Jack Cohen, who's going to be out and they have a five-star quarterback that they had last year. That's going to be coming in to play until Cohen's healthy. So it'll be interesting to see how he does that. They've lost Jonathan Taylor. Iowa lost Nate Stanley. They have a new quarterback. Minnesota returns um, Tanner Morgan, and they get um, Rashad Bateman back, who originally opted out, but he's going to be back in. But can Minnesota prove that it's not a fluke? I'm not totally sold on them either. So, And then that's the kind of question marks there. Nebraska hasn't really proven anything to me that they are going to take the next step. And then Illinois, I mean, they had a good year last year, had a rough end of the year losing to Northwestern and losing their bowl game. I think there's a lot open in the West for this season. And that's why I think those three games will make or break Northwestern season. I have them beating Iowa and losing to Wisconsin and Minnesota. I don't think they can beat Wisconsin. I think that'd be tough, but they've been there before and they've played them close. I was going between Iowa and Minnesota, which one they would beat. I'm going to go with Iowa week two, it's not going to be a sold-out um, Kinnick Field in Iowa that, that kind of neutralizes the home field advantage. So I think Northwestern can get that win. And they've played really well against Iowa under Fitz. So that's why I'm picking them. That is going to be their best win, but it would not surprise me if they took two out of three against Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. But I think one out of three, they're sitting at six and two. That might put them in contention for the West, depending on how other things shake out. But I'm going with Iowa is their best win. Just to wrap it all up, I got Mike Bajakian as team MVP, Jensen Hooper Price wide receiver as breakout player. Best win at Iowa. I have Northwestern going six and two with wins against Maryland, Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue, Michigan State, and Illinois, and losing to Wisconsin and Minnesota. But I want to hear your predictions 
tweet me at jackheinrich22. I want to see what everybody else is feeling. I think a, a lot of Cats fans, when they saw that schedule, are feeling pretty optimistic about the season. I'm just excited, fired up, and ready for Saturday to get the season underway. So looking ahead to Saturday, Northwestern gets Maryland. This is going to be their crossover matchup for the years to come, just like Michigan State has been their crossover matchup in the East for the last couple of years. That'll be changing in the next year or two. But looking at the Terrapins for this year, Mike Loxley is in his second year as head coach for Maryland. He had a 3-9 and nine record last year, only 1-8. and eight. In the Big Ten, they beat Rutgers. They're on a seven-game losing streak. Had a very interesting start to the year last year. Had a couple big wins. Actually got in the top 25 after they beat Syracuse early in the season. Then the wheels just kind of fallen off there. Uh, Loxley used to be an offensive coordinator at Alabama for three years before he came to Maryland. And he was part of those championship teams. Co-offensive coordinator when they won. Offensive coordinator when they went back to the college football playoff. So he's got he's got some winning experience Seems like a good hire, but he's just trying to get this young team in to his system and get them learning. And this is a young team. This is a young Maryland team. 31 new scholarship players. 31. I was talking about how Northwestern has some experience coming back on offense and defense. Maryland has 31 new scholarship players. So a lot of new faces for them in the keep with that youth uh, movement. Their quarterback room only has 15 passes combined, but they do have talent at the quarterback position. They have 14 starters that moved on. And getting into the quarterbacks, they got a quarterback competition just like Northwestern, but they are not announcing that starter yet. So kind of playing the fits hand like he did last year and he didn't announce Hunter Johnson as a starter until about 15 minutes before kickoff. So Northwestern's got to prepare for both of these quarterbacks. And both of these quarterbacks... You might know both of these quarterbacks. They're young, but they come. Their names got a little bit, little bit of fame behind them. So the first one is Talia Tungavailoa, and yes, he is Tua Tungavailoa's little brother. Tua was just named the starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins today, and now his brother Talia. He started off at Alabama, and he decided to transfer after last year. Uh, Mac Jones getting a stranglehold on the starting quarterback spot. At Alabama, Talia decides to transfer, and Mike Loxley, I mean, he was there when they were recruiting him. He just wasn't there last year. He heads up to Maryland, and he's battling against Lance LeJohn, who, if you watch QB1 on Netflix, he was featured on Season 3 of QB1. So both of these guys got a little bit of fame behind them, even though they've thrown a combined 15 passes in college. Both of them saw limited playing time, Tung of Iloa at Alabama. Lejean was here at Maryland. So both of these guys got some got some fame behind them. And Lejean was a good recruit. Both of them were four stars coming out. So they, they obviously have talent. Both of these guys are good and probably sets up Maryland pretty well for the future. But they were going to be making their first career start at Northwestern this Saturday. And then behind them, not a lot of depth. They got three walk-ons behind them. So... That's just Maryland's quarterback room. Very, very, very inexperienced. And that's something to watch heading to it. I think Tonga Vailoa is probably going to be the starter, but they might throw a couple quarterbacks at Northwestern. You never know, especially in week one. And not a lot of tape on either of them. They might want to try to see who is good, and they might try to ride the hot hand. And then you look at around Maryland again. I mean, they just got a lot of young guys. Running back was a... Good position for them last year, but they had a couple guys leave. And now that they 
Uh, they have uh, Jake Funk, who is going to be the starter. Uh, he was one of the uh, guys who's returning for them this year. He's the starter. They got a lot of young guys there on in the running back room. And then wide receiver, they got a lot of talent at wide receiver. So that's going to be a test for Northwestern, especially if Newsom isn't able to go. And we find that out tomorrow. They got Dante Demas, who led the Terps in catches. He was their leading receiver, 41 catches, 625 yards, and six touchdowns last season. But they also have a five-star, Raheem Jarrett, one of the top players, not only as a wide receiver, one of the top players in the nation. Big-time, big-time recruit for Maryland. They got a lot of depth, a lot of guys that have played and young guys there on wide receiver. So it's going to be crucial for Northwestern and Brandon Jacobs, J.R. Pace, Cameron Reeves, Rod Hurd, if he has to play for Greg Newsom against these young, talented Terrapin wide receivers. Now the big weakness kind of for Maryland is their line play. This is an offensive line. They return in a couple guys on both sides of the ball, but no guys really with household names. This offensive line allowed three sacks a game last year. Three sacks a game. That could bode very well for this Northwestern defensive line. Ernest Brown could have a big game on the inside. Jason Gould, Trevor Kent. So these guys could have big games if they if these guys haven't found a way to improve. And it's going to be unproven guys stepping in. Some of them might be playing their first game. Guys trying to work on what they did last year. So if their offensive line has, hasn't improved, this could be a big-time advantage for Northwestern. And that's a matchup I want to see them exploit, especially Ernest Brown. He's was a big-time recruit. We've been waiting for him to burst on the scene. We've seen flashes like in the Big Ten Championship game, Holiday Bowl. Let's see the consistency. This is your time to go out there and have a big game. Three sacks a game. That's crazy. Their quarterbacks were running for their life. And then they're off, and their D-line struggled as well, which could be very beneficial for the Northwestern run game. We know Mike Bajakian's offenses like to run the ball a lot, run it under center pound the run game, and then they try to pop it on play action for big plays. And I can see Isaiah Bowser, Evan Hall, Drake Anderson. Those are the three guys listed on the depth chart with Bowser being the starter. I can see a very, very big game from those guys. That would be a very important matchup to watch. Maryland does have talent uh, behind them. The linebackers, one of their better groups, and they have a lot of experience there. And then safety, Nick Cross, was a big-time recruit, top 60 recruit. He played pretty well last season in limited action. He'll be back there as well. So they got some talent behind the D-line and in the secondary, but I think it's going to come down to this line play between these two teams. And if Northwestern's offensive line can be taking that step, they really like what they got on the offensive line. And especially with Peter Skaronsky making his first college start. He's going to be left tackle taking over for Rashawn Slater. That'll be interesting to see how he does under the lights for the first time, but they're very young. They got first years behind them. This was a big offensive lineman class for Northwestern with Josh Pribe and Payne Herbert behind them. And yeah, Charlie Smith, Dom, these guys are very young, a big time and a couple of good recruits. Pribe was a good recruit. And Skaronsky obviously was one of the best recruits Northwestern's ever gotten. He's going to be thrown right in. 6'4", 294, big 10 body out there at left tackle. And there's been a lot of praise for him so far in the press conferences. And I think he'll play have to he'll play a crucial role in this game, especially if Maryland's D-line hasn't been so good and they're going to try to pound the run game 
he's going to have to play a good game. So Northwestern, I mean, this is a game I think they can win. They open as an 11-point favorite. I think I saw it go down to 8, but somewhere in that range. Northwestern, normally not a big favorite like that, but Maryland's on that seven-game losing streak. 31 new scholarship players. They got a lot to work on, and Loxley's trying to build this culture. This is a game I think Northwestern can win, and I was talking about Peter Skaronsky. This guy is a stud. We've heard about him. Big-time recruit when they got him, got him over Notre Dame, a lot of big-time schools were going after their, him. and they, he's, able, he's from uh, around here, Park Ridge and the main south. And there's been a lot of praise for him so far this season. And I want to play you what Pat Fitzgerald had to say about him, a little bit of background, and what he did to win this starting role. Well, you know, obviously he comes in with great accolades out of high school uh, from, from Park Ridge and main south. And we've had a great run of, uh, of coaching Sarah's young men here in our program, as we all know. I mean, it's a powerhouse here in the Chicagoland area and, and really thankful for the entire Maine South staff and, and their assistance in recruiting Peter. We thought he'd be a difference maker. And I really like all those young offensive linemen, to be honest with you, and that's including Zach and that's including Payne. And then you look at Dom and and, uh, and Josh and, and, and and, and Charlie, I mean, that group is is young and a talented group. And, and Peter did a, the best job from a consistency standpoint. Uh, you know, I mean, that would be the reason why he gets the opportunity to go out there and start. He was as consistent as anybody. And, you know, you put him next to a guy like Nick, who's a captain, who's been through a ton of battles. Uh, you, you know, you feel really confident that, that, that he's going to be able to go out and execute. Will it be different? Will there be a whole nother level of talent that he's playing against from a, an unknown standpoint with the Terps and, from a speed standpoint, no question. And so, you know, he'll be better, you know, after, you know, Saturday night, but uh, nonetheless, he's earned it by the consistency in which he's going about uh, executing the scheme fundamentally, technically. And I will tell you, he's in a competitive battle. This isn't something that's going to be over after a week. I think those other guys are going to continue to push. A lot of high praise from the head coach there. Obviously very highly recruited. He talked about the other guys as well that I mentioned. Something different. Northwestern's offensive line has been kind of riding the wave up and down when they've been playing good. Northwestern's been able to run the ball, protect the quarterback, and they've been able to get some big-time wins against some good teams. But sometimes when they don't play, you really see the wheels fall off. Don't play well, you see the wheels fall off. And it's exciting to see all these young guys that they've been getting. And Kurt Anderson seems to be doing a really good job recruiting, getting these guys in, and they seem excited to come to Northwestern. A lot of high praise. He talked about Nick Urban, who's going to be next to him at left guard. Skaronsky, I mean, they're throwing him right in. Left tackle, blindside for Peyton Ramsey. And Nick Urban, when he's talking, he said, just because he's a freshman doesn't mean that the expectations, James, the expectation is you should be the best left guard, left tackle, excuse me, in the Big Ten. And that's what Rashawn Slater was. And Rashawn Slater might be going in the first round in the NFL draft next year. So Skaronsky, a lot of high praise. Really excited to see what he can do. Very excited when he committed. And they're throwing him right in. And I'm happy to see... Him earn the start, the starting job, the high praise he's gotten, the guys behind him doing well. Seems like a really good room and depth that if they need it, they have it. So Skaronsi getting the start. And then the other big thing is Peyton Ramsey is the starting quarterback, what we thought he would be. And, of course, that's one of the first things Fitz was asked about in his meeting with the press this week. And this is what he had to say about Ramsey winning the starting job. Yeah, with the quarterback position, you know, we had a great uh, competition throughout from starting when Mike Bajakian got here uh, until a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Peyton, you know, obviously coming into the mix, uh, you know, pretty much at the 
pretty much along the same lines uh, as, as the guys did uh, coming back to, to campus here this summer. So great competition. Uh, you know, proud of the job that Peyton's done, but really proud of the entire room. They've learned a new offense. Jake's done a great job with them. And, um, you know, as we alluded to in, in the um, uh, report, you know, Hunter and, and Andrew would be kind of the next two guys. And then the, the job that uh, TJ's done to come back, I and mean, if I was able to list four, he'd be in that mix too. So we feel like we've got pretty good depth there. Uh, and, and uh, you know, but Peyton uh, is uh, QB1 and, and excited to watch him lead our team out Saturday night. Peyton Ramsey winning the quarterback competition. The question Fitz was asked um, by Teddy Greenstein from the Tribune was if they if it was a competition, what it was like. And he was a competition. Ramsey, when he met the media, said he'd known for a little bit. Uh, he said the quarterback room's really close. They've really done a good job pushing each other. He feels like he's a better player because of the other guys in the quarterback room. So that's good to see. Another interesting thing just for me, kind of being a dork, is no more super back listed on the depth chart. Northwestern's moving away from that now that Mick McCall's gone. We have tight ends now. So John Rain, the grad transfer, is in. He's the starting tight end. Number zero, too, a new number that they allowed in NCAA this year. He is going to be the starting tight end. Behind him is Charlie Mangeria Jr. So Rain had a pretty solid year for North uh for Florida Atlantic last year. And he caught like six touchdown passes. I think he's another guy I considered for breakout player uh, that I thought he could maybe be one of those guys, but I'd expect him to have a good year, pretty good in the passing game last year, and could be a threat as a tight end. Northwestern's got some interesting names there. They don't have Trey Pugh on the two deep, but he's got some talent there. I'm interested to see how the tight ends adapt from being recruited as super backs besides rain rain's the only guy that was a tight end and transferred in so i'm interested to see how these guys adapt to bajakian's offense and trying to work them in bajakian said that he has had to work with those guys so blocking maybe being involved in the pass game they like to use big sets a couple tight end looks so should see a lot of different tight ends out there this weekend so a lot of interesting stuff it's just really fun to be had a lot of fun diving into this uh what Maryland's all about, looking into them, looking at the depth chart, what Northwestern is going to do. Really look forward to Monday to hearing the press conferences and what everybody had to say. And this is it. We're, get, we're getting down uh, to the game, counting down to Saturday, 6.30 on Big Ten Network. Should be fun. I'm expecting Northwestern to have a good game. Um, I, hope the, I'm, I hope the offense has an offensive explosion, kind of just something different. Because Northwestern really, really, really struggled in that opener last year against Stanford. It was really a struggle for them. But hopefully the Cats can do it. My prediction, I think Northwestern's going to win this one 28-13. I think the defense plays well. The offense plays pretty well as well and shows some sparks and some optimism for this season looking ahead to the rest of the season and something to build off of in week one. But really excited to see what we got going on. Here, like I said, the NNN Sports reported Greg Newsom is going to be out with an injury. We'll see officially when they announce the injuries tomorrow, or maybe with COVID, they're saying they might be interested announcing inactive list on Saturday. So we'll have to wait and see. It's all new for us, but can't our Greg Newsom is on as the number one corner. Cameron Reese is next to him, and then if Greg can't go, they have Rod Hurd or AJ Hampton waiting behind them, and both those guys are young guys. With some talent, Hampton played a little bit last year as well. So 
And then Brendan Joseph starting behind J.R. Pace. That's another thing to watch. Or with J.R. Pace for Travis Woolock. They were really high on him, a lot of stuff. Or a lot of coaches and players were talking about that as well. So a lot of interesting stuff from Northwestern. It is game week. I'm projecting, predicting the Cats get a 23-13 to win over Maryland. Let me know your predictions for this week and for the season. What what you think Northwestern's going what their record is, team MVP, breakout player, best win, or anything else you want to shoot my way, be happy to interact with you guys. It's game week, guys. We made it. We're going to have hopefully eight straight weeks in Northwestern or nine straight weeks in Northwestern football, maybe a bowl game after that. It's exciting time. We're getting football back. College football is back. The Big Ten is back this week. But that's all I got for you guys on this episode of Views from Section 107 Podcast. Again, tweet me your record, team MVP, breakout player and best win at Jack Heinrich 22. Follow me on there, but thanks for tuning in guys. I will see you guys next week. Hopefully after a wildcats win. Go cats.